Hear now a reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, beginning with verse 44. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Messiah is to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple blessing God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. One of the things Emma loves the most about living in Cocoa Beach are the rocket launches. I like them too. But Emma has an app on her phone that sends alerts for every launch happening locally, and she rarely misses one. <laughs> Back in 2019, our friend Gloria Chen, who also plays keys in our praise band, invited us to watch a Crew Dragon launch loaded with test dummies. Due to her job, we were able to sit close to the launch pad at Kennedy Space Center. It was a pretty awesome experience. I'm sure that many of you are familiar with the Crew Dragon spacecraft that sits on top of a Falcon 9 rocket. It's the technology being developed by the private company SpaceX, which is teaming up with NASA to deliver astronauts to the International Space Station. Last November, SpaceX launched four astronauts to the space station in a beautiful evening liftoff. They took off from launch pad 39A, the starting point of the Apollo 11 trip to the moon, as well as many space shuttle missions. SpaceX was founded in 2002 by Elon Musk, who is pretty popular these days even hosting Saturday Night Live last weekend. His short-term goal is to reduce the cost of space transportation, and his long-term goal is to colonize Mars. Musk is also the founder of the electric car company Tesla. In 2018, he put a cherry red Tesla Roadster on top of one of his rockets. Sitting behind the wheel of the car is a mannequin named Starman, and on the dashboard of the car is the message, don't panic. 
Last October, the spacecraft made its first close approach to Mars. When it comes to building and launching spacecraft, SpaceX means Space Exploration Technologies Corporation. But when it comes to our scripture reading this morning, it could mean something quite different. The word translated as Christ in English looks like this in the Greek. The transliteration is Christos. You will notice in the Greek word that the first letter of the word Christos is X. And for this reason, the letter X became a Greek symbol for Christ. In addition, the X was often combined with the second letter in the word, which is P, to also represent Christ. So, if you have spent much time in the church, you've probably seen the XP symbol on things like pyramids and stoles. As far back as the 16th century, Christians abbreviated Christmas as Xmas because, again, X is a Greek symbol for Christ. Contrary to what some believe, using Xmas is not a secular attempt to remove Christ from Christmas. The church has been doing it for centuries. When we understand all of this and take the X as a Greek symbol for Christ, then the word SpaceX takes on a whole new meaning, something like Space Christ. Now, this might seem as silly as sending a mannequin in a Tesla into outer space until we read the story of Jesus' ascension into heaven, where, according to Luke, he was taken up into the sky right before the eyes of an onlooking crowd. And just like SpaceX has a long-range mission to colonize Mars, Jesus' ascension has a long-range mission too, but one of a very different kind. Since this story is recorded at the end of Luke's Gospel, and because Jesus goes away, it looks like the end of the story, but it's actually a new beginning, which we see in the final promise of Jesus regarding the sending of the Holy Spirit, who opens up a future that goes way beyond what Luke can see and way beyond what we can see as well. The ascension of Jesus is the beginning of a new adventure for his followers that takes them into an unknown future. In order to fully grasp this idea, we need to look at what led up to the ascension. Like a SpaceX mission, there needs to be a careful countdown, three, two, one, before there can be a successful launch. So let's start from the top with three. Jesus appears to his disciples and to others in Jerusalem. We know the story of the resurrection and how Jesus reveals himself to two of his followers on the road to Emmaus. He then appears to the disciples in Jerusalem. And at first, they think he is a ghost. But Jesus says, touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and blood as you see that I have. Then he asks them for some food. They give him a piece of broiled fish, and he takes it and eats it in their presence. Jesus has a snack. 
<laughs> to prove he is alive. One biblical scholar says, while this might seem like an odd or humorous action, the people of the first century would have recognized it as proof that Jesus was no disembodied spirit. When Jesus appears to his disciples, he is the real Jesus. Two, Jesus opens the minds of his followers to understand their mission. He knows that he has limited time between the day of resurrection and the day of the ascension. So he stresses everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. In this way, Jesus presents himself as the Word of God in human form, the one who completes everything that God began in the Old Testament. But Jesus knows that this is a lot for people to absorb, not only for the disciples, but for us as well. So he opens their minds to understand the scriptures. Jesus gives them the gift of understanding so they can better comprehend what God has been doing from ancient times through his own death and resurrection. And we need to have our minds opened as well. The words of the law, the prophets, and the Psalms can be confusing. So we need Jesus to give us correct understanding. Fortunately, the teachings of Jesus and the guidance of the Holy Spirit can continue to give us the insight that we need. When Christians were arguing over biblical understandings in the 1500s, a group of Scottish leaders discovered that the interpretation of Scripture does not belong to any private or public person, nor to any specific church. Instead, they encouraged Christians to trust the Holy Spirit to guide them and to focus on what Christ Jesus himself did and commanded. Understood in this way, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus becomes the interpretive key that unlocks the meaning of all Scripture. The way Christians read the Bible is unique insofar as the gospel accounts of Jesus become like a pair of glasses that we wear to read and interpret all of Scripture, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Jesus is the norm, the measure. Pastor Adam Hamilton, who wrote a great book titled Making Sense of the Bible, talks about Jesus as a colander. <laughs> when reading the Bible, everything we see that is consistent with God's revelation in Jesus, we hang on to as part of God's enduring message. And anything that contradicts God's revelation in Jesus, we let go of as part of the author's human culture. As it says in the Scottish Confession, we dare not receive or admit any interpretation that is contrary to the teachings of Jesus or the rule of love. Again, every word in the Bible should be interpreted through our faith in Jesus Christ and through the rule of love. And when we do this, Jesus opens our minds by the power of the Holy Spirit 
so we can understand and receive the, div the divine message contained therein. Jesus opens our minds to what it means to be a faithful Christian in the world today. One, Jesus promises that his followers will be clothed with power from on high. He knows that he'll be leaving soon and wants his disciples to be well equipped to continue his work in the world. And that is what it truly means to be a disciple of Jesus. It does not mean giving intellectual assent to a group of church doctrines so that we can be transferred from the naughty list to the nice list and go to heaven when we die. Rather, it means continuing the work of Jesus in this world through self-sacrificial love. Wanting to clearly communicate this, Jesus tells the disciples that the end of his earthly ministry is the beginning of a new adventure for them, one in which they will be filled with the Holy Spirit and given the power to not only continue his work, but even to do greater things than him. Sure enough, just a short time later, they receive the gift of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost, which we will celebrate next Sunday. Three, two, one, blast off. Jesus leads the disciples out as far as Bethany, lifts up his hands and blesses them. And while he is blessing them, he withdraws and is carried up into heaven. As Jesus departs, the disciples are not overwhelmed with a sense of loss or abandonment. Instead, they worship him and return to Jerusalem with great joy. They bless God in the temple and prepare themselves to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In this way, Jesus accomplished his earthly mission, not simply because he, he ascended into heaven, but because he prepared his followers for the continuation of God's work in this world. Friends, it is so important for us to remember that we are part of God's ongoing mission. Our job is not to stand around, look up into the sky, and passively wait for the return of Christ. No, our challenge is to open ourselves to the power of the Holy Spirit to be transformed into the image of Christ and to continue Christ's work in the world as his representatives. One of the interesting innovations of the SpaceX rocket is that it has a powerful booster that lifts the spacecraft into space and then returns to Earth to be reused. In the past, Booster rockets were always ditched in the ocean, which Elon Musk said was like throwing away an airplane after every flight. When SpaceX launched in November, the booster landed safely on a drone ship in the Atlantic and was returned to land for future liftoffs. Each of us is like that booster rocket, reclaimed by Jesus, and used again and again to advance his work in the world. Yes, we must be filled with rocket fuel, which for us is the power of the Holy Spirit. 
but then we can be used over and over to share Christ's grace and love with others. As the Gospel of Luke ends, we watch Jesus ascend to heaven in a blaze of glory. But as the book of Acts begins, we see the Christian community beginning to move forward into an unknown future, filled with faith, love, and joy. Let us join the disciples in the great adventure of being the hands and feet of Jesus in this world so that we can continue His work in our daily lives. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we thank you so much for the ways that you empower us to be the people you've created us to be. God, help us not to rest on our laurels or to sit passively waiting on the return of Jesus, but give us the vision, the courage, the strength, and the hope to be able to step out in faith and continue to work for the mission that Jesus lived and died for. Help us to remember, God, that we have work to do to make this world more like the kingdom of God. And as we serve people, as we love people, as we try to bring light and darkness and healing to broken places, we pray that you will use us to accomplish your purposes and help us to know that we are part of your ongoing work and mission. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.